Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Coolsville. Today we're featuring one of the most popular romantic dramedies ever. Sleepless in Seattle was the sleeper hit of 1993 and catapulted its stars Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan as Hollywood A-listers. Pull up a chair. It's time for Coolsville. Go back, if you will, to 1957. That's what this movie is based on. It's based on a movie called An Affair to Remember with Deborah Kerr or Carr. They even have the debate in Sleepless in Seattle, whether that's Kerr or Carr. Cary Grant. Yes, my darling, Cary Grant. When I say loosely based, the only real tie that Seattle has to the original movie was the promise for the main characters to meet at the top of the Empire State Building. Of course, the ending was discussed at a very funny part in the movie by the main character's sister. We'll talk about her a little later on. Sleepless in Seattle was directed and partially written by Nora Ephron, who was famous for writing When Harry Met Sally, and would later be known for writing and directing You've Got Mail. Of course, Meg Ryan appeared in all three movies, two of which she starred with Tom Hanks. All told, Ryan and Hanks have co-starred in four movies, with the others being Joe vs. the Volcano, which received a healthy 67% freshness review on Rotten Tomatoes, and you really want to check that one out, it's pretty funny. And Ithaca from 2016, that didn't fare too well. If you've never seen the movie, here's a brief synopsis without giving away the ending because I really hate that. Sam is a widower whose wife has died over a year ago and Sam's eight-year-old son Jonah believes it's time for Sam to move on. On Christmas Eve, Jonah calls into a radio talk show and persuades Sam to go on the air to talk about how much he misses his wife Maggie. Thousands of women from around the country are touched by the story and they write to Sam. Annie Reed is a newspaper reporter and she hears Sam on the radio. Annie is engaged to be married but fears she's picked the wrong guy. After watching the movie An Affair to Remember, Annie writes Sam a letter suggesting they meet at the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day. She decides against mailing it, but her friend and editor Becky, wanting to force things a little bit, she mails it. Noah reads Annie's letter and is instantly convinced that she's the one. There's a few twists and turns along the way, including a really scary cross-country plane ride by an eight-year-old, and Sam dating an annoying colleague. What an awful, awful laugh that woman has. Probably the worst laugh in movie history. So we'll leave it all there. If you haven't seen the movie, that's your homework for tonight. Jeff Arts wrote the original story, and while he was upset at the major changes in the plot, he was happy to get the major storylines presented in the movie, and he says they got the ending right. The movie was the second movie that Nora Ephron directed. Her first as a director came a year before Sleepless called This Is My Life, and it starred Julie Kavner, who is better known as the voice of Marge Simpson. Nora has a personal connection with the 1957 movie, An Affair to Remember. Her mother took her to the theater to see it, and by the end of the movie, Nora was a mess. She was crying uncontrollably, and it was at that moment that her mother introduced her to the star of the film, Cary Grant. Can you imagine? The director actually appears in the movie, kind of. She's one of the voices of the radio callers. She's known as Disappointed in Denver. Rosie O'Donnell played Meg Ryan's best friend in Sleepless. Nora Ephron thought Rosie was a genius, saying, Every time we would shoot, she is so shockingly brilliant, you would say your name and she would sing a song about you, rhyming everything, using your name, using whatever she knew about you. She was a rapper in some way. And that was so brilliant. I couldn't believe it. She's great at everything she does. It was an amazing experience. Two years before Seinfeld would make 
Ali Al Yagena, aka the Soup Nasty, famous outside of New York, Sleepless in Seattle mentioned him. During the pitch meeting at Annie's work, one of the writers mentions him saying, This man sells the greatest soup you have ever eaten, and he's the meanest man in America. It was a joke that back then only New Yorkers would have appreciated. Producers could only get permission to shoot the film at the Empire State Building for six hours. Parts of the building had to be recreated at an old naval base in Seattle. In the movie, there's a scene where Annie goes through a door in Baltimore and Sam comes out but in Seattle. Nora Ephron said, we used the same door. We really went for that one, she said. We actually shipped that door from one city to another. Taking fourth spot at the box office in the summer of 1993, Sleepless in Seattle beat out movies like Free Willy, Cliffhanger, Hocus Pocus, and The Last Action Hero. Only Jurassic Park, The Firm, and The Fugitive beat that number. We said we'd get back to the lady that played Tom Hanks' sister in the movie. Well, actually, it turned out it was Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife. Mr. Hanks was not sold on the movie to begin with. In fact, he said he had quite a large ego back then. I was an extremely cranky actor at the time, Hanks told Erin Carlson for her 2017 book, I'll Have What She's Having, coming in and saying, why does the kid have so many good lines? I have made enough movies to get smoked on a couple of occasions, as well as thinking that I was a big shot and my voice must be heard. Happily, he got over himself Get over yourself, Hanks! And had no such qualms when You Got Mail landed in his inbox five years later. Bill Pullman. You might remember him from Spaceballs. He played Annie's terminally allergic boyfriend, Walter. Initially passed because he told an interviewer he wasn't feeling it. And he admittedly thought that the part was going to be bigger. But Efron insisted, and although he remained really skeptical, he said, all right, I'll do it. And this led to the movie While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. So he unwittingly kicked off the Pullman era while he was sneezing. So beyond the movie, here's my favorite part, the music. This is a great soundtrack. You got folks like Nat King Cole, Harry Connick, Old Satchel Mouth, the nickname for Louis Armstrong. Jimmy Durante made it on there along with Joe Cocker. And really, the only Celine Dion song that I like, a duet with Clive Griffin on the classic Nat Cole song, When I Fall in Love. The soundtrack itself sold over 4 million copies, making it a platinum-selling album four times over. The film studio wanted the Celine Dion duet to play at the end of the movie, but the director went behind their backs and used the song Make Someone Happy by Jimmy Durante. Make someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Guess Nora Ephron thought it was easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. It turns out the album reached number one on the Billboard 200 album chart in 1993. Sleepless in Seattle made over $227 million worldwide and opened a hugely positive reviews. Back then, there was a show on TV called At the Movies with Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, the thumbs up guys. Siskel hated it, but he didn't like a lot of movies. Not a lot of good ones anyway. Oh, I really like the artsy-fartsy movie. Roger Ebert said the film was as contrived as The Late Show, and yet so warm and gentle I smiled the whole way through. He added that the actors are well-suited to this material. Tom Hanks keeps a certain detached edge to his character, which keeps him from being simply a fall guy. 
Meg Ryan, who is one of the most likable actresses around, is able to convince us of the magical quality of her sudden love for a radio voice, without letting the device seem like the gimmick it most assuredly is. Which brings me to my thoughts on a romantic comedy. Hey, I wish Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan would do another movie together. Old people fall in love too, you know. I used to be a big fan of romantic comedies. The Philadelphia Story with Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and James Stewart. Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage. Breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn and George Pappard. After seeing George Pappard in the A-Team, it's kind of hard to imagine him as a romantic lead. Could you imagine B.A. from the A-Team going, I pity the fool who don't like mistletoe. Romantic comedies are unrealistic, escapism, stuff that would never happen in a million years. Yep, that's true. But so is your average action movie. Think about this. Bruce Willis is going to kill all the terrorists who've taken over an office building on Christmas Eve by himself, barefoot, walking on broken glass. Seriously? Dom Toretto and his band of merry street racers take down drug lords and all manner of illegal activities by mostly breaking the law themselves. Far-fetched? Impossible? Yeah. Action movies are fantasy as well. In fact, I'd call them adrenaline fantasy. So just because rom-coms are hard to believe and they're improbable and impossible to really believe, that's how it is with escapism. And that's why it's so popular. As one writer put it, every woman would love to find their Cary Grant and every Harry would love to find his Sally. So, my friends, have a little romance in your soul. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Cha-cha-cha-cha. I'm Andy Steves. Thanks for listening to Coolsville. From my house to yours, I want to take this opportunity to wish you a new year filled with God's richest blessings and love. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to smash that follow button. And I'm always open to constructive critique about what you thought about the episode. See you next week on Coolsville.